Log Talk Radio. Calling all men. It's now your time for your show with your coach, the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Relax, be heard, and be understood. It's a show where men can be men. Now here's the coach who has your back, Linda Gross. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Men's Advocate Show. You're on with me, your host, Linda Gross. I am wired up to tell you about today's show. We're going to be talking about Impatience makes the heart grow meaner. (laughs) A little twist on uh, the old saying there. Yes, it does. The modern world is great. Your toilet paper is on the way while you scroll through 800 movies only to watch none of them. Who doesn't love that, right? But there is a dark side to our constant stimulation. These low-value distractions in our lives have corrupted our minds and our hearts. Is there a way out of this madness? Well, you better join in on this topic because I would love to hear from you. If you have a question or comment, call us at 323-642-1677. Again, that number is 323-642-1677. Seven. You can also hit me up on our chat line. The chat line is right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash DT Linda Gross, blogtalkradio.com forward slash DT Linda Gross. Now, our constant need for stimulation has warped our brains. Here's some of the things that we hear. Patience is for suckers and that we must move fast and break things, that if we're not up to date on everything, all the time, we're going to be left in the dust. Is any of this true? Human behavior is driven primarily by avoiding risk, and all of these low-dose, pleasure-laced experiences are delivered on demand and on time, or your money-back guarantees with such regularity that we have been conditioned to think that they carry zero risk and all reward. Without realizing it, we've been lulled into some sort of psychological complacency, believing that everything good should be easy and convenient, even though it's not. In psychology, there was a study that was called the Skinner Box, A rat is placed in a box, and it has a lever with a small feeding bowl. The rat sniffs around the box, and not knowing what the heck is going on or what is about to happen, it eventually pushes the lever by chance. A sugary little treat is then delivered into the bowl. The rat quickly figures out that pushing the lever is the equivalent of a nice snack, so they keep doing it over and over and over. But then, at some point, you stop giving the rat the treat. Now, while this serves to piss the rat off, it will continue to hit the lever over and over again, frantically trying to get that treat. It feels it so desperately deserves. 
until finally, after exhausting itself, it will give up and resign itself to fate. That life is in the shitter. The treats are shit and everything is a lie. The rat will then go in the corner, smoke a cigarette, drink two six-packs until it passes out. So the point of this psychological study in animal behavior was to show that if something feels good, we will do it again and again and again. And we eventually grow a sense of entitlement to that pleasurable thing. We think we deserve to feel that pleasure. We deserve to be rewarded. And when the reward is taken from us, we throw a total hissy fit and resort to hmm, road rage. (laughs) So today, life is full of Skinner boxes. Yeah, your phone is a Skinner box. Your television is a Skinner box. Heck, even your woman's body parts are a Skinner box. The point is, every day in the modern world, we too get little packets of pleasure delivered to us with a push of a button. The more packets of pleasure, the more impatient we get when we don't get our desired reward. The next thing you know, we're complaining about the Uber driver for taking the wrong turn and taking an additional three minutes to get to us. How dare he? Really, this incredible service that we could not have imagined as shy of a couple of years ago is now pissing you off on an almost daily basis. And for what? For three minutes? Road rage, for instance, is on the rise. And have you noticed that people are speeding on residential streets like it's a racetrack? We are already pissed off Monday morning because there are too many unwanted emails, both legit and those that made it past your spam filter. And what the heck? The pizza guy was supposed to be here six minutes ago. You're triggered. (laughs) That's to say the least. Everyone's doing eight things at the same time and doing all eight things poorly. Why is this? Because no one can wait. It can't wait. Nothing can wait. We need results and we need them now. Okay, so here's the gem. Patience is not the ability to wait for something. Patience is the ability to wait with serenity. (laughs) serenity now as they say on Seinfeld because of our cell phones and instant gratification studies show that we're becoming the worst at patience today's society is just a bigger version of that Skinner box instead of the Skinner box levers we push buttons some are real many are virtual and others are imagined And instead of those buttons delivering sugary pellets with which to stuff our cheeks, they deliver endless streaming entertainment options, digital substitutions for social interaction, porn, same-day shipping on practically everything, and oh, yes, they even deliver the sugary treats from Postmates and other such delivery services. And It's all literally at our fingertips 24-7. And in the name of increased sales, the market continues to promise a world where we no longer have to wait patiently, 
that whatever we want, we should have it as quickly as possible, but all this convenience comes at a price, making us less patient and more irritable when things don't go quite our way. Oh, yeah. Hashtag first world problems. So what are some common things that we do on a day-to-day basis? What are some acceptable wait times? So more than half the people won't wait more than three seconds for a web page to load before closing it. Despite the general increase in connectivity speeds, retail websites around the world have actually been getting slower over the past year, not faster. And why is this? It's mainly because of all the third-party connections to Google, Facebook, and Twitter. And chat functionality is also a culprit at slowing things down. Fashion retailer Nordstrom saw online sales fall 11% when its website response time slowed by just a half of one second. The retailer's pages have been getting richer with 360-degree images and videos, which added to their complexity. So, the bigger the size of the digital file, the longer it will take to load on the page. So they thought they were doing the customers a nice thing. They installed this online dressing room to impress customers. They ended up taking it down because it slowed down the site too much where they were losing sales. So when you have $14 billion in annual sales, 11% is quite a drop. Now, The retailer shoots for a page load of 2.5 seconds or below to hit the right balance between functionality and speed. Office stationary retailer Staples saw its online sales increase by 10%. All they had to do was speed up the website by one second. Can you imagine that? All right. New patient appointments, how long do we wait for that? Well, 24 days apparently, not that we like that, but it's up 30% from 2014. Call centers, what are those times? Well, the traditional wait time for contact center uh, customers is 20 seconds. In fact, it is conventional for contact centers to aim to answer 80% of their calls within 20 seconds. Over 50% of callers abandon the call after 45 seconds of waiting. So don't keep your customers waiting. In a survey done by American Express, they found that the maximum amount of time customers are willing to wait is 13 minutes, all right? In a consumer report study, they found that 57% of people had been so frustrated with phone customer service that they hung up the phone without resolution. And about 50% had stopped mid-purchase when they encountered bad customer service. Ooh, that's a no-no. 75% of people said they were highly annoyed when they couldn't get someone on the phone in a reasonable amount of time. Interestingly, although 
Some may assume that the millennial generation would be the least patient. The study showed that those with Gen X and baby boomer generations actually became progressively less willing to wait two minutes. A whopping 74% of those people, people who are 65 and over, absolutely would not wait two minutes. So it's the opposite of what you think. (laughs) Interesting. All right. And during COVID, the wait times are just ridiculous and insane. I unfortunately had to make the following calls. Bank of America and IRS were one-hour wait times. Social Security was two hours. Now, thank goodness for speakerphones because that helps me work on other projects while I'm waiting for those calls to happen. Now, I do like services that give you ETAs and they call you back rather than make you be on hold. They call you back when it's your turn. You hit one, you enter your phone number. Actually, some of them even recognize what the phone number is. And it says you will not lose your place in line and we'll call you back. Hallelujah. They should all get that service, right? Okay. So those are some things that companies are doing. All right. I hate the services that bounce you around five different departments to get your problem solved. And B of A is guilty of this. All the numbers dump into the main, same main 800 number. Even if they tell you that the department has a dedicated number, don't believe it. It's not true. It's so very annoying that you just keep getting bounced around. All right. We have a new listener on the uh, chat room here. Yes. Thank you and welcome to our show. Yes, I am taking calls. I see you. (laughs) All right. Give us a call. By the way, our call number is 323-642-1677. Again, that number is 323-642-1677. You too can hop on the chat line. Our chat address is right here, blogtalkradio.com, blogtalkradio.com forward slash DT Linda Gross forward slash DT Linda Gross. All right. So we are talking today about impatience. Impatience makes the heart grow meaner, I say. (laughs) So give us a call. I'm happy to talk to you. We're going to take a quick break right now. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk more about call centers and how long people are waiting. So if you guys are business owners or work in these types of fields, we're going to go through all kinds of fields, elevators, waiting for a beer. Stay with us. We'll catch you right back after the break. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women, too. Hi, guys. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show. Linda Gross wants you to know what turns a woman on and makes her go wild so she just can't help herself. Check out Linda's book, Mastering Women, Real Truth About Women That'll Change Your Life Forever. Linda gives you all the insider tips on how to catch a woman and, if you want, to keep her. In four easy steps, these proven techniques will make women just melt. Ever wonder why the girl you really liked seemed to be great when you met, then all of a sudden just goes cold on you and turns you off? Linda will also let you know what not to do on a date. 
Never blow it again by losing another hot woman. You don't have to be good-looking or even have money. Her book, Mastering Women, is available in paperback and ebook. Men, Linda's on your side. So buy her book, Mastering Women. Buy it for now. And don't keep your women waiting another minute. Get Mastering Women today. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Welcome back, everybody. You're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show. You're on with me, your host, Linda Gross. Today, we are talking about impatience makes the heart grow meaner. Some call centers and the acceptable response times are, and I'd like you to call in on this topic. In fact, I'm going to take a caller just now. But anyway, call us at 323-642-1677. All right, let's see if we can put our caller on. Welcome to the show, caller. Please let us know your first name and what city you're calling from. Thank you, Linda. My name is Patrick. I'm in Stone Mountain, Georgia. Oh, welcome to the show. How'd you find us? Uh, I just stumbled up on you. I was just going on blog talk. I just got off work and I work from home. So I was just going on blog talk and then I just scrolled down, started chat room clicked on it. All right. And as the heavens above would have it, you're talking about something I've been doing my entire life. Oh, my. All right. We came at the right time, the right place, huh? Yes. Synchronicity. That's what it's all about. Sometimes things just align up and you just get connected with people and it's just like the vibe go. What I wanted to share with you is that basically I've been doing customer service. And when I say I've been doing customer service my entire adult life, it doesn't mean that I had a customer service job. It means that I had a job that had to deal with customers, which is, Mm -hmm. in turn, customer service. Now, the industry I'm working in now, I work from home. I do roadside assistance. People's cars break down. They call the Mm -hmm. 800 number, and if they have a flat tire or the car is not working or whatever the case may be, I pull up their information, and I set up the roadside assistance. And one of the things that I've learned about customer service, and this is internally, is that customers call in. And I think that technology has a large part to do with this, is Mm -hmm. that we have gotten so wired with artificial intelligence that when we actually talk to somebody, things start to misfire. Even though we're speaking the same language, it's like everything gets really confusing. And what I try to do as a customer service professional, I try to make sure that the customer is understanding what I'm saying. They're understanding the service that they want and to mm-hmm. get the service out to them. 
But what you were talking about, which I think is very pivotal in the customer service industry, is that a lot of it is outsourced. So you can be calling about your computer, your car, this, that, this, and that. And for the people who are listening, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying anything bad about service being outsourced. But a lot of times your calls are routed to India, South Korea, the Philippines, and then there's that language barrier that comes in. Mm -hmm. And it gets very frustrating because you get a lot of customers. First thing they say, Linda, do you speak English? Because if you don't speak English, I don't want to talk to you. You're already pre-programmed to hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm already speaking English because I'm already oh letting gosh. them know. Thank you for calling Toyota Roadside Assistance. My name is Patrick. So your callback number is such and such and such and such. And then there's just like, do you speak English? Because if you oh don't speak goodness. English, I don't want to talk to you. I need somebody that speaks English. And I think what has happened <laughs> with the evolution of the customer service industry is that they made it worldwide now. Because if you look at current health conditions that we're going through, it's bigger than the health industry. Because what they're doing is they're transferring everybody into a home environment. You notice that schools all over the country are giving kids, students, free computers. Now, well, they had to, the they had to step it up because they closed the schools down. So some kids were left out to lunch. So they had to provide them right. internet services and computers, and they scrambled and they made it happen. So good for them. Right. <laughs> so now well, they have with that. Being, with that being said, Linda. What they did was they opened up a whole nother industry because yeah. now when the new school year rolls around, if a person has a child that's in school, they don't have mm-hmm. to physically go anymore. They can do, you know how we have like online, you can get your degree and all that. That was a precursor oh, yeah. for all this stuff that's going on now. So now yeah. not only is are they funneling that through the educational institution? They're funneling that through the work environment. So depending upon who you work for, you can work from home now. You don't Mm -hmm. have to move. You don't have to physically go to a brick and mortar to do anything. Now, I've been working from home for about two years. I went to college back in the 70s as a computer science major. So I've been a computer geek for 40 years, not meaning that I'm some expert programmer or anything like that. However, I got a workstation set up. It's like Starship Enterprise. I got (laughs) multiple screens. I got two laptops. And I sit back sometimes and I look at it and I'm like, Patrick, what are you doing? I got a laptop. A laptop hooked up to a flat screen TV, another laptop, then I got three monitors. I'm on like 12 different websites, and I'm like, oh, my God. First of all, you are so lucky to work from home, and you're also lucky to work from home prior to COVID. So Yes. 
yeah. don't be too quick to jump. Like you were already COVID ready before <laughs> the health care. Yes, I was. I was. And I'm glad you mentioned that because when the COVID thing broke out and they told everybody they had to stay at home, my lifestyle didn't change at all. Right. You were already in there. Nothing, nothing changed for me because I was already now, working at home for a year and a half. I, I love that about your situation. I'm glad to hear you're one of the lucky ones. Now, here's something that just blew my mind. Because a lot of people are going to say, oh, now, you know, we've been working from home for the last three months and the online students and the work from home people and what have you, we've gotten used to it, a big segment of the population. Maybe when all the orders are lifted and it's safe for all of us to go back to work or back to school or what have you, maybe some of the employers will say, hey, Johnny, why don't you go ahead and work from home? Now, wouldn't that make sense? We've already had some practice. Maybe they're not going to do it five days a week, but wouldn't it be nice if some employers said, all right, one day a week, let's call it Friday, I don't know, one day a week to ease population, pollution, parking. You live in Georgia here in L.A., it's parking city. It's a lot of people travel two hours a day to go back and fro from work, even more than that, to cut down on all that, wouldn't you think the employers would say, this is a good idea? Now, it turns out that a few years ago, they didn't want to do it because a lot of employers think that if I can't physically see you, you must not be doing your job. But Patrick, I want you to confirm with me that the technology is so advanced that the employer doesn't have to see you. The technology is there, and they absolutely know. Are you at your keyboard? What are you doing on your keyboard? Did you walk away and you're watching Netflix now? They know all of that stuff. They don't need to physically be there. And as of a few days ago, I think it was last week, Zuckerberg, which is at the forefront of social media, right, he said it'll be 10 years before we allow people to work from home. Ten freaking years? You might as well be next century. Really? Okay. Let me answer let me answer that question for you, Linda. Yeah, this is not do. I would love to hear why there's still some resistance to working at home. Okay. So basically what's gonna happen for all your listeners that are listening right now. Working at home is going to become a requirement, which means that everybody has to get their technological skills up. You're going to have to have a computer. You're going to have to have a desktop. You're going to have to have multiple screens. You're going to have to be able to multitask. On top of that, the essence of your question is metrics is the cure-all for what you were just taught because in the job that I do on working from home, Mm -hmm. they have a thing called AHT, average handling time on a call. They know when you're on a call, they know how long you're on a call. If you're not on a call, they call it ACW, which is you're not on a call, but you're still on the clock. Right. And the metrics play a role in how you're paid. So if your AHT, your average handle time on a call is low, 
and your ACW, meaning the time that you're not on call is low, mm-hmm. you're good. So they can track how often you're on phone calls, you're not on phone calls. They track if you're logged in, if you're not logged in. And then they have a thing called adherence, meaning that with my job, I'm using my job as an example, we get to pick our hours based on our members. So they have it designated as platinum, gold, silver, bronze. Your commitment adherence, meaning the hours that you sign up for, has to be 90% or better. If you fall below that, they put you in what's called, and you're very familiar with this term, they put you in what's called amber, <laughs> meaning that you don't even get to select any hour. Now, oh, no. if you're 90%, if you're 90% or better, meaning that for all the hours that you select, you yeah. show up on time 90% of the time, now your average handle time, and for my job, is 470 seconds. You got to beat that. Yeah. So what they've done is the program is already complete. So for everybody that's listening, when they put you on working at home, you're working off of numbers, off of metrics. When you're on the phone, Mm -hmm. when you're not on the phone, when you show up on time, when you don't show up on time, and that's going to determine how you get paid. Simple as that. They mm-hmm. keep track of all of it. I hear it's, you. I understand exactly what you're saying, and I agree with everything that you're saying. I just cannot understand why Zuckerberg would say, oh, it'll be 10 years before we let our employees work from home. Why would he make such a because be, Because he's talking about, his industry. He's not talking yeah, about the marketing. Is, is, it's the heart of social media. Are you kidding me? It's not like it's some mom and pop bookkeeping service. I mean, it's the right. heart of technology. <laughs> right. Yeah. But see, here's what you have to understand. What he's doing is subliminally, he's talking about where his company's at and how they're yeah. moving forward and how they want to do that. So as it pertains to Zuckerberg and his industry, he doesn't want to implement this role. He wants to see how it works. Mm-hmm. He wants to see how foolproof it is. And he'll, he already knows. He already knows. He He's already knows, right. It's, it's, right. It's, not like, it's not like he got to figure it out. He already right. knows. But what he's trying to do is he's trying to, for everybody that's listening, economics 101, macro and microeconomics that you were required to take in college, variable cost versus fixed cost. Your fixed mm-hmm. cost, your biggest fixed cost is employee payroll. As long as you can meet that, you can make money. The variable right. costs are the costs that go up and down based on the market. So if you have a vision, if you're Steve Jobs, if you're Gates, you can predict where the market's going. That's variable costs. But your fixed costs are the payments you have to meet 
on a regular basis. Electricity, employment taxes, the amount of employees, hourly wage. As long as you got that covered, you're good. So what he's really doing is he's weighing his fixed cost versus the variable cost. And then he's factoring in, okay, marketability. How can I make money on And I got to make twice as much that I'm paying or three times as much or four times as much. So he's trying to get his R&D department in together, research and development, to let him know, okay, we got it hooked up. We did the research and development. We can get 20,000 people online at the same time. We got the metrics in okay? They shouldn't be on the call longer than three or four minutes. If they're not on the call, they shouldn't be off a call more than a few seconds, or they should be in the ready stage to accept another call. That's all he's doing. He's just weighing his options. Hmm. Well, I think much like this whole pandemic thing, like the work, work from home thing, much like Amazon took retail business away from a brick-and-mortar mall, from a brick-and-mortar store, I think the whole work-from-home thing is going to take away the brick-and-mortar structure from all these businesses, especially New York that have 50-, 60-story buildings. <laughs> I think all of those buildings are going to go by the wayside. I mean, it's like yeah, I think as more and more, people go, more and more people go home and have the ability to work from home, what do they need a brick-and-mortar building for? between air conditioning and heating and paying for parking and repairs and real estate costs and mortgages and everything else, when you add all that up, it's a sizable number. So even if they let people work from home, like I say, one day a week, heck, it's a savings of 20% right off the gate. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, maybe it's a smokescreen. Maybe he's just saying that for some other reason that doesn't make any sense. I don't know, but I think... People no, should be Linda. more willing to let people work from home. <laughs> no, Linda, Linda, it's, it's not a smokescreen. That the economy has already, it's already moved to work at home. Mm-hmm. It's done. It's done. It's a wrap. Yeah. And that's why I was saying earlier, for all the people who are listening, get your computer situation up to speed get it up to speed because the old system is gone pounding the payment going looking for a job all that that doesn't exist anymore that's gone i agree with you there so what do you say to the people that may not have a i mean i was really lucky too i have a home office I have a home studio that I can broadcast remotely from wherever I am. If I'm traveling to Texas or even Georgia or wherever, I still have a way to get into my system and record from wherever I am. But not not all that many people are savvy that way. So what would you say to them to get to speed? Are there high school classes they can take? Are there community college uh, classes they should be taking? What would you recommend for them to get up to speed? Here's what I would recommend, okay? 
being that basically we've been shut down. So mm-hmm. what they've done is they've given everybody time to stop and think. Do some research. Find out computers that you can get. And let me tell you something, Linda, just to give you a backdrop. When I bought yeah. my first computer, that was in 1981. I was a UC Berkeley. I paid wow, $2,500. Go I paid $2,500 for that computer. It had a 40 megabyte hard drive. They don't yeah. even make hard drives in megabytes. Right. Now you can get hard drives in terabytes, which is, I think it's like 10,000 gigabytes. So mm-hmm. you can get computers now for pennies on the dollar. They're cheap. And you don't have to be a computer professional. You don't have to be any of that. Get yourself a computer. Terabyte hard drive, at least 8 gigabyte RAM, random access memory, which is what RAM means. That's the acronym. That's just Mm -hmm. how quickly pages load. When you click on Google, you click on Wikipedia, that's what RAM is. Make Mm -hmm. sure your hardware is compatible with the software. Once you do that, customize your computer, meaning you pull up all the stuff that you like, that you go to frequently. You save it. Once you do that, now you're ready to roll. It's not hard. It's not hard. And I just purchased that Dido. It ain't even two years old, but fortunately, I got like three other desktops. My most recent purchase that cost me $900, it died on HP. Mm-hmm. Hard drive went out on me, but I can work that out because I got other equipment. So I know how to swap things in and out. People don't have to know that. Mm-hmm. Just get you something that's up and running now. Here's the most important thing. Get more than one monitor. Because, Linda, if you watch movies, okay, you notice in movies they're never looking at one screen. They're looking always at two and three screens. Have you ever noticed that, movies, today? They, when they're sitting in front of a computer, it's mm-hmm. always a dual or triple monitor. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, go ahead. Okay. I thought so, you were talking about the filming of the actor, but you're talking about if there's a scene the, with an the actor technology. In it and he is at his or her desk, that the desk also has a second monitor. Is that what you're saying? Right. Right. Okay. So and tell the you, people why you, that would be an advantage to have a second right. monitor. Right. So when you buy your computer, it's automatically going to have the capability for you to hook up more than one monitor. Buy two monitors. The whole computer industry is very cheap. It's not expensive. Mm -hmm. Like I told you, when I bought my first computer, when I was at UC Berkeley in 1981, it cost me $2,500. The computer that I just bought over a year ago cost me $750. Right. That's it. Yeah. Now, for a lot of people, that might be a lot of money. However, when you make that investment, now 
your connect. You're in the environment, and you have to have multiple screens because you got to be able to multitask. That's the trick. Mm-hmm. You can be on one screen if you want to, if you just want to flip back and forth. But if you got two screens, you ain't got to flip back and forth. All you got to do is move your mouse from left to right, which is what I do. Mm-hmm. Right now, Linda, I got you up. I got my email up. I got blog talk up. I got YouTube up. And then I can slide my cursor over to my other screen and pull up multiple websites. That's Mm -hmm. where we are now. This is the age that we're living in. There's no turning back. This is where we live now. And for people who are older, who don't even want to do all that, man, just work off of your computer. If you've got a computer with one monitor, just do that. For the younger audience already knows. Trust me. They're on the computer, they're on the cell phone, they're on multiple devices. Right. Because this is how it works now. This is the world we're living in, and we're not going back. No, certainly not. We have to move. But the people that were caught off guard during this pandemic, the stay-at-home order, yes, they need to buy the hardware and the software and whatever, but to me, that's not enough. You have to be able to implement it. And a lot of people, they don't have that knowledge base. I mean, you've got an IT background. I've always been a nerd myself, so I'm always up on this, but not everybody has that kind of skill set. So what would you say to them? It's not just a matter of buying the hardware software. you got to put it in practice. Otherwise, you don't use it, you're not going to have it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Here's the best source. Here's the best source on the Internet, the very best. Have you ever watched DIY videos, do-it-yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Go to YouTube. Yeah. I don't care what you put in the search. (laughs) See, I like to cook. Yeah. When I want to cook something that I see on Guy Fieri's food drive or because cooking is my thing, when I want yeah. to see a recipe, when I want to see anything, I go to YouTube. It's all there. And there's a video show you how to do it. Yeah. YouTube. Now you're, you're a, a thousand percent right on that. That's a very good recommendation. YouTube. I like that. Yeah, for anything, YouTube. not just cooking, but anything under the sun you want to do. <laughs> Man, if yeah. you're trying to build a house, if you're trying to build a house, there's a video on YouTube. Yeah. If you're trying to rebuild your car, there's a video on YouTube. Yeah. If you're trying to train your dog or your cat, there's a video <laughs> on YouTube. Absolutely. It don't even matter. And for right. all your listeners. YouTube is the bomb. Now, they done introduced all these commercials. I don't Uh know what happened. YouTube done went completely commercial. But you can cancel those commercials because they start running with those ads. And then they they give you the little box in the lower right-hand corner. This ad will, you can cancel the ad and Five, four, three, two, one, cancel that, and then whatever you want. If you want to know how to make Korean kimchi, go to YouTube. Mm -hmm. 
And there you have it. If so. you want to know how to <laughs> fillet a fish, go to YouTube. Yeah. All right. If you want to figure out how to fix your Dodge Ram 1500 because the starter went out, go to YouTube. It's uh-huh. on there. It's yeah. on there. <laughs> I agree. Go to YouTube. There you go. So there's a the only reason why I'm saying that, Linda, is because they make us feel like we can't solve anything, but it's all there because yeah. it's an open network. It's an open network now. And just to draw a correlation, that's what this COVID-19 thing is about. And I'm going to introduce something that people might feel uncomfortable about, but I feel compelled to say it. Okay, everybody, this has been great talking to Patrick. I think I'm going to cut away and get back to our regular show. However, you can hear the rest of this interview with caller Patrick, and we're going to be getting into a really juicy topic. So you won't want to miss that. We're going to be talking about bloodlines and what it all means and how it's relating to today's current situation. So anyway, back to our regular programming. We are talking about impatience makes the heart grow meaner. Yes, we are. All right, so pull up a chair, stick those earbuds in, turn up the volume, and let's get started, shall we? Our call-in phone number is 323-642-1677, or you can use the chat line right here on Blog Talk Radio. You can use it at blogtalkradio.com, blogtalkradio.com, forward slash DT Linda Gross, forward slash DT Linda Gross. Okay, so we started this discussion and then we got a little sidetracked, but we're back in business here. I want to continue on with our topic about impatient makes the heart grow meaner. So we were talking about 75% of people say that they were highly annoyed when they couldn't get somebody on the phone in a reasonable amount of time. Now, interestingly, you would think, and some may assume, that the millennial generation would be the least patient, right? Well, the study actually showed that those with Generation X and the baby boomers are actually progressively less willing to wait two minutes. A whopping 74% of those people, people who are 65 and over, absolutely would not wait two minutes. So it's the opposite of what you think. (laughs) Interesting. All right. And during COVID, the wait times are just ridiculous and insane. I unfortunately had to make the following calls. Bank of America and IRS were one-hour wait times. Social Security was two hours. Now, thank goodness for speakerphones because that helps me work on other projects while I'm waiting for those calls to happen. Now, I do like services that give you ETAs and they call you back rather than make you be on hold. They call you back when it's your turn. You hit one, you enter your phone number. Actually, some of them even recognize what the phone number is. And it says you will not lose your place in line and we'll call you back. Hallelujah. They should all get that service, right? Okay. So those are some things that companies are doing. 
All right. I hate the services that bounce you around five different departments to get your problem solved. And B of A is guilty of this. All the numbers dump into the same main 800 number. Even if they tell you that the department has a dedicated number, don't believe it. It's not true. It's so very annoying that you just keep getting bounced around. All right, what else are people doing? Well, how many days would you wait to get an online refund? Maybe you bought something on Amazon or elsewhere and they say, okay, we're going to refund your credit card. That number is usually five days. Sometimes it's a little faster than that, but usually five days is the response time. How much time to get a business email in contact revealed that just 43% of customers were highly satisfied with their most recent email customer service interaction. Those who were happy cited speed as the number one top delighter. So for those of you who are in business, pay attention to these numbers because that's what the customers want. The average company takes 12 hours and 10 minutes to respond to an email, according to a 2018 study from a source called SuperOffice. Now, most people want an inner office response time within 90 minutes, 90 minutes. So if your coworker or your boss is on the horn to you, that's the acceptable time frame. Don't exceed that because you're probably going to get in trouble if you do. A one-hour email response time will meet the expectations of 89% of your customers. Companies aiming for world-class customer service should have a response time within 15 minutes or less. Wow, look at that. All right, I found that companies that are in this category, Amazon, Twitter, and Hootsuite, for example, they respond immediately, like within seconds. I love that about them. Now, Facebook, that's a whole nother story. They've decided that tech support is virtually non-existent. It's quite interesting that a company can get away in this day and age of technology that they can get away with having almost no support services at all but they do. My podcast hosting company support is by email only with a painful one day response time, even though I pay extra for a premium service. The emails often go unanswered, maybe 50% of the time, either through neglect or they answer a different question than the one posed. So I have to send it again. I find it outrageous that they don't have an 800 number or at least a chat line where you can talk live time. They don't. All right. Each average email conversation at work includes a string of 4.5 messages total. So that means before you get to the end of the conversation, you're volleying the ball back and forth, back and forth about four to five times. All right. American workers spend approximately five hours a day checking work and personal email, according to a 2019 study from Adobe. Here is my number one beef. Include a clear, direct subject line. If you want your email to be read quickly, don't say, hiya, or how's it going, or like some generic thing like that. Tell me 
in four or five words, what is your email about? So I can prioritize your email. I get about 300 emails a day, and I don't want to be looking at emails that have generic topics, okay? It won't make my list. All right, waiting in line. The average retail customers believe that five to 10 minutes is the maximum full amount of time that they are prepared to wait in line. If a line appears to be too long or the time limit has been exceeded, most customers will make the decision to put their purchases back and walk right out that door. Food, let's talk about food, right? Food lines. How long does the customer, how long are they willing to wait? Well, about 15 minutes to get a table, they say. Now, once seated, it should take no more than two to three minutes before a server acknowledges you. And once your order is placed, it shouldn't take more than three to four minutes for your beverages and about 20 minutes for your food. For a busy restaurant, the wait is about 45 minutes to an hour. And if you have a reservation, expect to be seated no longer than 20 minutes past your reservation time. I used to have a restaurant that I used to go to all the time. It was the best seafood restaurant I have ever been to, and they didn't take reservations. The wait was always three hours. When I had guests coming in from out of town, I would go in person, leave my name, and then I would go home to get ready. And my guests and I would show up about 15 minutes before our estimated time, and that worked out perfectly. The owners then died, and the children didn't want the restaurant, so it closed down, much to the disappointment of us decades-long customers. I've since yet to find another seafood restaurant that I like as much. Although when I go to the Northeast, there are some good seafood restaurants over there as well. Okay, in and out which is a classic 1950s drive-through hamburger stand, mainly it's in the Western states. They have a restaurant staff that meets drivers outside with iPads to take their orders, meaning that the customer doesn't have to wait to get to the window in order to place the order. Does it save time? No, but it is good customer service and sometimes it's all about appearances. It gives the appearance that they're being proactive while you're waiting in line. Disneyland, I would rather have a digital sign out front for how many minutes it's going to take. So if it's really going to take 90 minutes, I want to know that at the street level before I get in that line. Who cares about the person with the iPad? Because like I say, it's just about appearances. Wait to order a beer. What's the average time for that? Well, seven minutes. So you're in a crowded place. You're trying to order your beer. That's about the limit of what people will wait. The key is communicating expectations, in my opinion. So if they need a keg change or a shift change or it's a slow-pouring beer, maybe it's a dark beer, if you're that bartender, just let the customer know what's going on, and that will pretty much buy you another five minutes. By ignoring the customer, yep, they probably will walk out. Maybe you should order your own beer. We have a few of these places in Los Angeles. You get a wristband at the front desk in order to order your beer, and you order whatever size and whatever beer type you like, 
and it adds it to your tab. It's magic. And there were about 70 beers to choose from. There's no waiting. There's no fuss. And it's probably easier to maintain safety post-COVID. So I really like those places. A lot of you like talking to your bartenders and you want to be served and you like the interaction and the social part of all of that. But if you've got to get that beer quickly, I like those do-it-yourself places a lot. All right. Waiting for an elevator. Want to guess? All right. 20 seconds is the appropriate amount of time for elevators if you're in a grade A office building. Now, if you're in a residential building, that average is a little bit longer, 50 seconds for a luxury residence, 60 seconds for a normal residence, and 70 seconds for economy. All right. What trick do you use to have you pass the time? Well, they often include mirrors near the doorway entrance, the elevator entrance, and that's a way to distract people for a minute or two while they adjust their ties or their hair or their clothing or whatever it is. Make sure they look good for wherever they're going, right? Mirrors. Good trick. All right. I haven't tried this, but I want you guys to try it if you're near an elevator tomorrow. Apparently, there's a way to go straight to your floor. So here's what you do. You get on the elevator, go straight to your floor without stopping, I should say. Hold the closed door until the door is actually closed, but keep holding the button. Don't release. Then select your floor. So let's say you're going to floor 12. Don't let go of that number. And don't let go of the closed door button until the elevator moves. And then supposedly it'll take you right to your floor without stopping. I'd be interested to see if this works. So I, I need one of you guys to try it. Also in buildings say that if you're in a building that's a really tall building, maybe it's 50, 60 stories, you know how they have this bank of elevators that only goes to the even floors and that bank of elevators that only goes to the odd floors? So what they say is take the next elevator that comes along. So let's say you're going to an even floor, but what comes along, the elevator that came along next was an odd elevator. They say it's faster to take the wrong elevator and just walk up or walk down to the even leveled floor. I don't know. Again, that would be a test to try to see if that actually works. I was once in a city in Europe and it was complete chaos. I was at the ferry boat station and all the taxis were going in the same direction. Let's say they were all going in a counterclockwise direction. There were, it was just impossible to get a taxi when so many ferries were dumping off at this harbor, what seemed to me at the same time. So what I did was I crossed the street and got a taxi going the clockwise direction and nobody was going that way. Got a taxi very easily, told my taxi driver where I was going. He drove about a block, made a U-turn and boom, bada boom, bada bing, I was in. <laughs> so sometimes to do the opposite of what you think is going to work actually works pretty well. So I want to have you guys try the elevator thing and see if that works. All right. So the downside of quick service and immediate action is that we set ourselves up for near constant sense of irritation and entitlement. 
it leads us to having a short temper. Meanwhile, the truly valuable experiences in life, ones that usually require patience, are generally overlooked. Why reach for a better career when there's a new Netflix documentary just about ready to begin? Why do the hard work of building a better relationship when we can just swipe right on the next person? And why engage in an uncomfortable but necessary dialogue with people you disagree with when you already have that angry tweet typed out and ready to send to the world. <laughs> All right, so why don't we take the time to do these extra steps? Because it usually has some level of discomfort. For those who do go there, it's a direct route to bring meaning to our lives. Most of digital and traditional media is not real anyway. All right, so since most are engaging in digital quick fixes, those who step outside the box are going to reap better benefits. We've heard the expression, slow and steady wins the race. Good things come to those who wait. Patience is the key to success. One minute of patience is worth 10 minutes of peace. You can't hurry love. Love is patient. The road less traveled. Everything comes to you at the right moment. Tactics that you can use to develop more patience. Okay? We'll catch you right back after the break. Hey, guys, do you have a nagging problem that you just can't get a handle on? Now you can talk to an expert coach right in the privacy of your own home. Meet in person, over the phone, or with a free Skype call anywhere in the world. Linda is here to make it easy for you. Linda Gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men. Linda's expert advice gets you through tackling relationship issues, business goals, conflict resolution, and removing lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back, usually handled in four sessions or less. Realize the benefits now. Go to the Men's Advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way. That's themensadvocate.com slash coaching. Darn, maybe you missed part of this show. Maybe you're still at work during the show. Maybe you heard the show but would like to listen again. Your problems are easily solved. Listen to any and all of Linda's archived shows at your convenience. Just Google SoundCloud, The Men's Advocate. That's Google SoundCloud, The Men's Advocate. The on-demand library is also available on the TuneIn app. Subscribe now and please share with your friends. Welcome back, everybody. You're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with your host, Linda Gross. Today, we are talking about impatience makes the heart grow meaner. So how can we flip the script on this? I want to give you some tips that we can all put into practice to help us be more patient. All right. First up on the list is learn to be still. This could be just sitting quietly doing yoga, going on a hike, meditating, intentionally unplugging the phone, turning off the TV and all media, reading a book, playing golf, going fishing, or just stopping to smell the flowers. Finding moments of stillness reduces anxiety and increases creativity. 
It makes us more productive and also helps us stay grounded. Then there is the ultimate stillness, sleeping well. Go to bed early and get a good night's sleep. Shortcutting our sleep affects us negatively in many ways. We are exhausted, impatient, irritable, and we make poor choices. We don't function at full performance and we become selfish and entitled. So if you notice yourself having these negative behaviors, this might be a good place to start. What's another thing that we can do to increase our patience? How about developing better self-awareness? Are you actually upset that your restaurant didn't double bag your soup? Or is it because you feel like you don't have much control in your life? Or maybe you only assert yourself in situations in which you feel like you have control. Are you upset with your partner for not cleaning the crumbs off the counter? Or are you feeling a little unappreciative and that's why you're lashing out? Do you really think the guy who's driving slowly is brain dead? Or could it be that you hate your job and the stupid commute you have to do every day? So, hey, you're taking it out on this poor innocent guy. Bottom line, get to the meat of what's really bothering you and address that. All right. Next up, in ways to increase your patience, understand the value of time. So resistance takes energy, negative energy at that. Acceptance is a form of letting go. So be discerning to know which side of that spectrum you are on. Procrastination is never a good look. It lowers our self-esteem. Conversely, action cures depression and builds self-esteem. We may think we can multi-focus, but too much to do can be distracting and overwhelming. So try to focus on one thing at a time. If possible, group similar items together. So if you have to make four phone calls, do them all in succession. If you have to respond to six emails, doing them during the same block of time keeps you focused. If you need time to prepare the presentation or an activity that requires you to be creative, use a chunk of time to only focus on that. It takes a lot of effort to jump around to the next topic and then to jump back to the one that you were working on. So try to avoid doing that. People who respect and value time are able to learn faster and work faster. They become more focused and pay more attention to their work. They realize that if they get their work done, they will have time to do what they want to do, which becomes quality time. So they're better able to embrace how things are and why they happen. So in so doing, they are better equipped to live in reality. So living in reality helps one navigate life a lot easier. See? All right. So thank you for joining us today. We're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. I want to let you know that I always appreciate your guys being here. Run out, get my book. You can find it on Amazon. By the way, people were asking me, where do I find your Amazon link? All right, so here's the secret. I forgot to tell you this. Every single social media post that I make, I always mention the book and I always give the link. Guess what? Use that link 
the link has the special code in there. Just start with that link. There's no book purchase required. Just start with that link. Go about doing your regular Amazon business, and I will get credit. They'll send me a few cents on the dollar to help support the show. So anywhere that you see the book link, that's the correct link. Magic. I can't believe it took me this long to tell you guys that. All right. So Magic, use the book link. My book link is on IG and Facebook and Twitter and and all the places that I am right here on Blog Talk Radio, it's everywhere. So just find the book link, boom, use that. That's the correct link. If you want to start from scratch, you can go to themensadvocate.com, themensadvocate.com. It's in big letters. It says Amazon book link. Click on that. Or you can also go to Facebook, the Men's Advocate Show on Facebook, and it has a direct link from there as well. All right. So what is the name of the book? The Science of Mastering Women, the Real Truth About Women That Will Change Your Life Forever. The Science of Mastering Women, the Real Truth About Women That Will Change Your Life Forever. All right. We had a great conversation today with Patrick. You too can call in next time. Put this number into your phone, 323-642-1677, 323-642-1677. If you liked our show today, there's plenty of ways that you can show your love. You can call, listen, subscribe, chat, like our fan page, follow, comment, share, tell a friend, advertise with me, start with my Amazon link, and you can find this Amazon link either on my website, themensadvocate.com, themensadvocate.com, or go to my Facebook page and look for the Amazon link. It's right there for you. It should be on the Men's Advocate page as well. Anyway, Get to the Amazon link, start with that, save that URL in your favorites, okay? That's all you have to do. Every time you want to shop on Amazon, just do your regular shopping. You don't have to do anything, go out of your way for anything. Do your regular shopping. There's no book purchase required. Just hit that link and then go about your merry way. That link has a code in it, has my code in it. And once you hit it and purchase something from Amazon, they reward me by paying a few cents on the dollar, okay? You're all at home. You're all shopping from Amazon, so please use the link. It really helps to support the show. And if you happen to have missed last week's show, we were talking about the 10 laws of manhood, the 10 laws of manhood. It used to be that your dad taught you life skills, but with so many broken homes, it's not as common as it once was. Hey, you've always got me. Like, who knew Patrick was going to come to me? And I gave him a solution to think about and talk over with his landlord. So I have lots of life solutions for you. You can hire me as a coach. I have a lot of people that have been seeing a psychologist or a psychiatrist for five years, seven years, 10 years even, and they still don't get their problem solved. I will get your problem solved in four sessions or less, okay? So I consult about dating, relationships, business issues, career issues, your schooling, whatever roadblock that you seem to have, we will take care of it. So how do you do that? You go to my website, themensadvocate.com, themensadvocate.com forward slash coaching. You load some time on the clock. By the way, new five minutes free on the clock. 
We'll talk about your topic, and we'll dive right in. Okay? So make that happen. What else? Okay, last week's show. Aside from that, you've got self-discovery falls on your shoulders, meaning the 10 laws of manhood. It's okay. You can make this journey fun. One fast way to shorten the curve is to learn from other people's mistakes. So dive in and check out last week's show. It was called The Ten Laws of Manhood. So you can check this out right here on the Blog Talk Radio archives, right from my show link. Or the best way to do this, if you haven't already, is be a subscriber to SoundCloud. That way you have all five years of our shows right on SoundCloud as well as on TuneIn. And shy of that, what you do is you just type it into Google, The Men's Advocate Show, The Men's Advocate Show. All of these resources should come up for you as well as possibly the resource from your favorite podcasting app. Stay safe, everybody. Keep calm. I know there's a lot of nonsense going on in the world today, and we just have to keep calm and get through this. All right? Look forward to hearing from you, and we'll catch you next time on The Men's Advocate Show. Bye for now.